time will uh, attenuate, will weaken his defilements uh, to a such a point where one attains the first stage of sainthood, destroying three major fetters. After destroying these three major fetters out of ten fetters, uh, after destroying first three major fetters, the person attains the first stage of sainthood. And then the remaining seven fetters will be destroyed in seven lifetimes. Not one in one lifetime, but uh, that means uh, it doesn't mean that uh, he takes, he destroys one in one life and next in the other life and so forth. But the maximum that person would be reborn would be seven, seven times. Up to that point, up to the attainment of, uh, or when he attains that stage of sainthood, he has already weakened, destroyed many, many minor, many gross, not minor, many gross defilements. His uh, behavior, his thought, his, his uh, uh, outer uh, manifestation will be more refined first, and then his uh, verbal expressions will be refined and then comes to the psychological refinement and uh, when he comes to the first attains the first stage of sainthood his psychological refinement has taken root and now it is firm from that point onward never can he change to anything else and therefore seven lifetime is enough yeah, we actually good question. Please uh, hold on to your questions. Don't forget them. This afternoon when we have Dharma uh, lunch, we can ask questions. Okay, this is our lunch time. I really enjoyed uh, having you all here, and we meet again this afternoon at uh, one thirty. Okay. As I mentioned this morning, I plan to speak on two topics. One is uh, Dhamma, the other is Sangha. Now, our, since our time is very uh, short, I speak on the first topic, Dhamma, for about 45 minutes and then uh, let you ask me a question and then we can have a break for about 10 minutes break and then start the next topic, the Sangha. The word Dhamma, probably many of you have heard in two forms. One is Dharma, the other is Dhamma. Uh, dharma is Sanskrit form, spelled as D-H-A-R-M-A. Dhamma is Pali form, D-H-A-M-M-A. Both, in Buddhist context, means the same thing. The word Dhamma comes from the root Dhara. Dhara means to uphold. This earth, for instance, is called Dharani. Dharani means that which upholds everything on it, the base foundation of everything. Dhamma has many, many meanings. One meaning is nature. Uh, intrinsic nature of any particular object is called Dhamma. 
The other meaning is one uh, individual person's nature, personal nature, is called Dhamma. In the Dhamma Sangani, there's a whole list of Dhammas. If you give me that book, please. In this uh, Vandana book, we have listed the contents of Dhamma Sangani. Dhamma Sangani is the first book of Abhidhamma. In this Uh, I'm trying to show you the list of Dhamma if you have the book with you. Uh, Thirty-five. Dhamma Sangani Matika. Yeah. almost four and a half pages of this book. The Dhamma is uh, defined, or categories of Dhamma are given. Uh, whenever you have time, <coughs> you may take it and uh, look at the English translation and the Pali words of Dhamma. Uh, I'm not going to read that because it takes uh, quite sometimes. So Dhamma <coughs> that we are going to discuss is the teachings of the Buddha. Teachings of the Buddha has been uh, uh, our uh, main uh, concern. When we pay respect, we pay respect to that Dhamma that Buddha taught. When we pay respect to the Dhamma, we recite uh, uh, six uh, attributes of Dhamma. It's, it has a Pali formula, that Pali formula also is given in this book, that goes like this. Swakato Bhagavata Dhammu Sandittiko Akaliko Ehipasiko Opanaiko Pachatam Vedabo Vinyuri. First word is Swakata. Swakata is made up of two words. Su means well. Akata means taught or preached. Well taught is the Dhamma by the exalted one. What do we mean by well taught? Well taught means it has it is called Adi Kalyana, Majje Kalyana, Paryosana Kalyana. That is what is called well taught. Adi Kalyana means the beginning is excellent. The beginning of Dhamma is excellent. Majje Kalyana means the middle is excellent. Pariyosana Kalyana means the end is excellent. So the Dhamma that he taught is excellent at the beginning, 
excellent in the middle, excellent at the end. What is the beginning excellency of the Dhamma? Beginning, of course, in the Buddha's teaching, Dhamma uh, means that which uh, train us in a way that would uh, help us to liberate ourselves from samsara. That whole teaching is Dhamma. Therefore, it has to be excellent at the beginning, excellent at the middle, excellent at the end. In his beginning, Buddha has a very special method of teaching Dhamma. When he met uh, lay audience, he would give the Dhamma in a in a, teach Dhamma in a gradual manner. First he would, would uh, teach people about uh, uh, generosity. That is, there's a formula for the, the, the excellence at the beginning. That is Dhanakata, Silakata, Saggakata, Kamanang Adhinamang, Nekkamecha Ansanse, Dhanakata, I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. I'm not going to start it today. But uh, just to mention the list in English, I should say Dhanakata means the talk on generosity. Silakata, also I'm going to talk about it tomorrow, uh, means the to talk on morality. Saggakata is the talk on how to go to heaven. Kamanang <laughs> Adinavo means the Adinavo means danger or disadvantages or shortcomings of sensual pleasures. Kamanang Adinavo. The benefit of pronunciation. And this is the beginning of his teaching. And this is how he started the Dhamma when he taught to people. Then Dhamma, in his, his Dhamma, has many, many categories. He taught monks nuns, lay men and lay women. And therefore when he taught things to monks he uh, gave a certain dhammas so that uh, monks can practice them. Not that lay people cannot but it is sometimes difficult for lay people to practice what monks practice. For instance, there is a sutta called Dasadhamma Sutta, which also is in, in this book. In that sutta, he listed ten dhammas. Dhamma there means just a certain practices. Of course, dhamma also divided into three categories, like uh, we say threefold dhamma. One is uh, theoretical dhamma, Second is uh, practical dhamma. Third is experiential dhamma, dhamma that we experience and realize. That is called uh, uh, pariyati, patipati, and pativeda in Pali. Pariyati means theory, patipati means the practice, pativeda means realization of the truth by following, by practicing. The Dhamma. Therefore, Dhamma is called threefold Dhamma. Dhamma Tividhuttama in Pali. So, when we practice the Dhamma, uh, the Dhamma that he taught uh, monks, 
has many categories. One has ten. That is called Dasadhamma. Dasadhamma is a particular sutra. In that sutra, uh, the, the, the ten dhammas he gave are the principles that they have to remember all the time in their daily behavior. He said, Vevanyami Ajjupagatoti Pabhajite Nabhinnam Pachyavikitabhan That is the first dhamma that a monk or nun who has accepted Sinansian's life to observe. That is, Vevanyami Ajjupagatoti Pabhajite Nabhinnam Pachyavikitabhan I have undertaken principles to live a different mode of life. My life is different from that of lay people. And that monks or nuns must remember always. Abhinnam Pachyavikitabha. That is called Abhinnam Pachyavikitabha Dhamma. Then, Parapati Baddhane Jeevikati Pabhajite Dhamminnam Pachyavikitabha. I have, and I am uh, always dependent upon other people for my livelihood, naturally. That means uh, for their food, lodging, medicine and cloth, monks and nuns have to depend on other people. He or she must remember this factor all the time. Uh, then Anyome akapo karaniyoti pabhijite dabinnam pachyavikitabhang Anyome akapo I have to behave in a certain, in a different way Akapo means behavior Katambhu Kach that means, how do I behave so that my fellow uh, brahmacharins, fellow monks or nuns, would not reprimand me for my behavior? How do I behave in that way? That also he must remember daily, always. Then, Katambhutasameratting divaviti patantit pabhujite nabhinnam pachyavikitabhang How can I spend my day and night following the Dhamma? He should remember, he or she should remember always. Then, Kachinuko, uh, how do I spend uh, time in solitude? That is another dhamma he has to practice. Then, how do I behave myself so that my mind will not upbraid me, my conscience will not prick my mind? How do I behave like that daily? He must think always. Uh, then how my karma is my relative matrix, my uh, property, uh, the things that I have, uh, uh, that I inherit, that I take with me when I pass away, and therefore whatever come I commit, good or evil, is my possession. And how do I conduct myself and do such a come that will not hurt my uh, myself in this life as well as in the future? Uh, then he must think, he or she must think always. Uh, 
how <clears throat> how do I uh, practice my uh, meditation uh, and attain certain superhuman knowledges so that when I'm questioned by my fellow brahmacharins uh, whether have I attained some higher stages or not I may not be embarrassed to tell them that I have not attained any higher state of enlightenment. That means uh, monks and nuns when they uh, live together occasionally they can ask one another have you attained any state of enlightenment? <laughs> Only monks and nuns can ask among themselves. If when when I am asked whether I have attained such state of enlightenment, I should not be embarrassed to tell that I have not attained enlightenment, attained any state any higher stage of enlightenment. Uh, How many dhammas I mentioned? Eight or nine. Now, uh, in fact, I don't have to give the whole list. What I want to mention is that uh, the dhamma, in this sense, is the the etiquette, manners moral principles in addition to code of discipline code of discipline is another that is that comes under different category not under under dhamma but in the dhamma category itself in addition to moral rules uh, of conduct there are certain manners and etiquettes and attitudes one has to maintain with mindfulness and that practice also is called dhamma So, uh, when we say Swakhatu Bhagavata Dhammo, meaning Dhamma is well taught, well preached by the Buddha, so that one who undertakes to practice it will not feel remorse, regretful later on, will always be uh, grateful to the, uh, uh, to the principles that he or she undertakes. None of these principles, when one undertakes very seriously, will never make a person uh, regretful. Then, uh, Dhamma uh, Practice uh, the the monk or nun must always say to themselves, "May I be one who at will, without trouble, without difficulty, acquire the four jhanas, which are the uh, purest mental state, abiding in uh, abiding." in ease, here and now. It is said in uh, Pali, Chatunnan Jhananan Abhichetasikan Dittadhamma Sukaviharanan Nikamalabi Akichalabi Akisaralabi Asa. That means these four jhanas one should attain at ease with comfort, without difficulty. And that one must remember always. That is another aspect of the adhika, uh, the well-taught uh, Dhamma. That is uh, Swakkhata Dhamma. Uh, then, second aspect of the the Swakhata Dhamma is uh, Anusandhi. Anusandhi means connection between the, the beginning 
middle and end. That means there must be a, a concordance. Sometimes, therefore, Dhamma is uh, Dhamma taught uh, in this fashion is called Sutta. <coughs> uh, sutta um, means uh, uh, a thread, uh, suja, that we use to put things together by threading. A particular section of the teachings of the Buddha is called Sutra because its beginning, middle and end are connected together. And that particular portion, discourse, uh, uh, teaching is called Sutra. And Dhamma has that uh, feature, that characteristic. Then, uh, Ajjhanusandhi. Ajjhanusandhi means the a connection between the purpose of teaching. Why the Dhamma is taught? There has to be one particular reason. The, the Dhamma, its reason and the goal must be one. If the purpose is different from the goal, then it has no uh, relevance to the Dhamma. Then Yathanusandhi. Yathanusandhi means uh, sequential order of the teaching. Uh, if uh, uh, the foundation is not uh, laid properly, the a structure will not be strong. Therefore, the foundation has to be laid firmly first and then the structure has to be built up on it. And therefore, the base of the Dhamma, the beginning of the Dhamma, is, has to be sound and uh, solid. And therefore, the Dhamma is called uh, Swakata, well taught. Second is second aspect of the Dhamma is Sanditika. Sang means in this life or oneself. Dittika means seen. That means the Dhamma is to be seen in this life by oneself. Uh, Dhamma is not something that uh, to be seen and or realized uh, next life, but here and now, this very moment, as we live, breathe, experience every moment, we should be able to see the Dhamma here and now. Therefore, it is called Sanditika. Uh, therefore, Dhamma is called uh, that which brings us Yathabhuta Jnana. Yathabhuta Jnana means a wisdom or knowledge that brings us the experience of reality, the truth. Bhuta is another name for uh, truth. Uh, sometimes uh, it is called uh, yatha bhuta jnana dasana. Uh, dasana means uh, vision, or sometimes dasana also is used for uh, in Pali uh, for philosophy. But uh, yatha bhuta jnana dasana means the wisdom or knowledge that shows us the truth, and that. Uh, knowledge, wisdom, comes through by following the Dhamma. For instance, when Buddha attained enlightenment, his attainment of enlightenment by following the Dhamma, is, has been explained uh, as 
జ్ఞానాంగుదపాది పంజాగుదపాది విద్యాగుదపాది ఆలోకోదపాది దట్ మీన్స్ ద ద ట్రూత్ బై ఫాలోయింగ్ ద ధమ్మ హీ రియలైజ్ ద ట్రూత్ అండ్ దట్ రియలైజేషన్ ఇస్ కోల్ జ్ఞానాంగుదపాది విష్డమ్ ఎరోస్ జ్ఞాన మీన్స్ విష్డమ్ పంజాగుదపాది నాలెడ్జ్ ఎరోస్ ఇన్ హిమ్ ఇన్ హిమ్ విద్యాగుదపాది విద్య మీన్స్ సైన్స్ ఓ ఆల్సో విస్డమ్ ఆల్సో నాలెడ్జ్ యాజ్ అపోజ్ టు అవిద్య దెన్ ఆలోకోదపాది ఆలోక మీన్స్ లైట్ విషన్ సో బై వెన్ the dhamma or the truth is followed one can gain wisdom knowledge vision and aloka means light or enlightenment and uh, therefore it is called uh, sanditika sanditika to be seen by oneself in this very life the third attribute of the dhamma is called uh, akalika akalika means uh, dhamma is uh, not affected by time by time <coughs> it is that means when somebody followed the dhamma 2000 years ago what that person experienced would be the same as what one experiences now if one follows the dhamma now that means uh, uh, its effectiveness will never be changed by time therefore it is called akalika akalika also means immediately effective as it happens results can be experienced for instance uh, when you listen you understand almost simultaneous and that is dhamma in this respect uh, the the cause and effect takes place in a very uh, rapid succession as you hear that is the cause understanding is the result and that happens immediately you don't have to wait too long of course uh, sometimes uh, there are beings whose uh, intellect is not very sharp they may take some time to think but the uh, immediate result of uh, uh, listening to something is inevitable for instance when you hear you can hear you know when you listen you can hear when you don't listen you cannot hear hear therefore listening and hearing is almost simultaneous and that is dhamma on the other hand uh, another example of immediate immediacy of the the nature of dhamma is uh, uh, when you get angry you don't have to wait till tomorrow to feel the results of anger as you get angry and as anger arises you experience the result consequences as anger fades away subsides you begin to feel the consequence of the uh, of subsiding anger similarly when uh, faith confidence arises as the confidence arises mind begins to uh relax 
begins to clean, becomes, becomes clear. Because um, faith has cleansing quality, cleansing effect, purifying effect. Therefore, um, faith is called uh, sampak, uh, sampasadana. Sampasadana. Also, when uh, faith arises, you will jump to accept something. And that nature is called sampakkandana. Sampakkandana means jumping to grasp. Uh, that also is nature of Dhamma. That causal relationship taking place immediately is the nature of Dhamma. And therefore it is called Dhamma is Akalika. When we talk about Akalika Dhamma, there are several things, very tricky things, perhaps um, this may not be the time to discuss all this. When we attain enlightenment in uh, texts, it is explained uh, in some texts, explained that uh, cause and effect are immediate, but sometimes we can see the cause and effects are not immediate. In certain situations, cause will take time to bear fruit. As uh, Buddha mentioned in the Dhammapada, Natang Papang Katankamang Sajukhiranamuchati. Dhantang Balaman Mesi Bhasmak Channo Pavako. When uh, uh, certain things are done, it takes some time to bear the fruit of that particular thing because the cause will cause requires to be nurtured and nursed and matured uh, for its for it to produce result he gave an example that is just like uh, when you milk a cow as soon as you milk uh, uh, a cow the milk does not turn into curd. It has to go through a certain uh, process and then milk will become curd. But not as quickly as suppose you, as you milk a cow, uh, you want to eat uh, curd from that uh, milk immediately. You cannot do that. You have to wait for the uh, bacteria to settle in and uh, and turn it into uh, curd, yogurt. And therefore, uh, in certain situations, results are not immediate. One has to wait. But uh, the effectiveness of Dhamma is immediate. You don't have to wait for its results. And also effective, effective, effectiveness of Dhamma is unaffected by time. That means what happened yesterday can happen today and tomorrow and in the future. And that will never change. That is exactly like uh, law of physics. No one can change the law of physics. And that is set uh, uh, law, rule. The nature of Dhamma is like that, and therefore it is called Akalika Dhamma. Then, uh, there are two uh, broad categories of Akalika Dhamma. Uh, dhamma that will not be affected by time. That is Lokya Dhamma and Lokutra Dhamma. Lokya Dhamma is uh, conventional, contingent, mundane, ordinary Dhamma. 
like uh, wholesome, unwholesome, and uh, so forth. Uh, by the way, when we talk about the Dhamma, even unwholesome thing is, all, is called Dhamma. They are called Akusala Dhamma. In this uh, book you can find it. In the Dhamma Sangani it has been explained. Akusala Dhamma, unwholesome Dhamma. And Kusala Dhamma, wholesome Dhamma. And Abhyakata Dhamma, indeterminate, indetermined Dhamma, which cannot be categorized this way or that way. And all these are mundane Dhamma or contingent Dhamma, conventional Dhamma, Dhamma that will, that uh, anybody, everywhere, can be experienced. Then Lokutra Dhamma are only nine, nine in number. That also will never change. Nine Lokutra Dhamma are four uh, path Dhamma and four fruit Dhamma and Nibbana. For Pad Dhamma means uh, Sotapanna, Sakadagami, Anagami, Arahanta. Each path, each uh, stage has two aspects. One is the path, the other is the fruit. So since there are four, there are four stages, four, I mean, eight stages. Is anybody um, unfamiliar with these terms, Sota, Panna, Sakada, Game, and so forth? Okay, one. Anybody else? Two, three, four. Yes. Sometimes I feel very sorry to mention such uh, uh, unfamiliar terms, but uh, sometimes I, I'm helpless. Uh, especially when we try to talk about things like this, uh, there are certain terms. Uh, which I am forced to use uh, for the benefit of those who do not know these terms uh, let me explain it very briefly as I said I have so many things to say uh, our time is so short uh, and that is why I am to rush with all these uh, uh, terms Sota Panna means uh, stages one stage of attainment of enlightenment. There are four stages of enlightenment. The first stage is called uh, Sotapan in Pali, in, in, in English, stream entry. Stream entry means there are uh, ten, uh, what you call, fetters. Fetters. And um, as my tried this morning to explain, uh, answer his question, I touched upon uh, a very first par part of it. Uh, out of these ten, uh, when uh, a person who practices Dhamma, practices meditation and uh, after a long time he will uh, be, he will uh, destroy three uh, of them uh, at once. By destroying these three, that individual, male or female, attains a stage of sainthood. And that stage of sainthood is called stream entry. Stream is, when you put the name stream entry is used to denote something very positive. That means when you put something into a stream, which always flows down into uh, rivers uh, and uh, into the ocean, uh, it will, the thing you put into the stream will always, will uh, continue to flow with the current into the ocean and never stop until it reaches the ocean. Similarly, a person who attains this first stage of sainthood will never come back, will never have a recourse, never be reconsidered. Uh, he will never reconsider whether I should go there or not, and uh, uh, shall I postpone it, and so forth and so on. It can never happen. That is the most definite attainment. And uh, if that individual were to linger in samsara, the longest that person can stay would be 
seven lives, the longest. Uh, he definitely attains enlightenment. And that stage has two uh, segments. One is called the path, the other is called the fruit, the result. When that individual attains the second stage of sainthood, individual, that individual will weaken, nullify two of the remaining seven fetters. And that stage also has two segments, path and the fruit. When that individual attains the third stage of sainthood, he or she would destroy those two defilements or fetters which he or she nullified, weakened by the attaining of the second stage. And that also has two segments, path and the fruit. When that individual attains the last stage of sainthood, destroying the remaining five fetters, uh, that individual is called an arahant. That also has two segments, two factors, the path and the fruit. This is how uh, these four attainments have two, eight uh, uh, segments, path and fruit. This will take some time to explain. I perhaps uh, in another time I will explain them. So thus uh, there are four, eight uh, lok, they, they are called Lokutra or Supramandane because uh, the state of mind of that individual after attainment of these stages will operate in different circuit. Dif that individual psyche, his, that individual consciousness is completely different from average ordinary person's state of consciousness. It is a super state of consciousness, not ordinary state of consciousness. Therefore, that attainment is called supramundane attainment, which has eight steps. Finally, when that individual's uh, total realization of Nibbana and attains Nibbana, that Nibbana is considered to be the ninth stage. And therefore, that is called ninth dhamma, lokutra dhamma, or supramandin dhammas. Then, dhamma we say uh, is unaffected by time because uh, dhamma says every conditioned thing is impermanent. Every condition thing is impermanent. Everything. When we say everything, we mean everything. <laughs> Don't ask, uh, should that remain permanent or this remain permanent? We can never ask that question if we understand the term everything. And that is the intrinsic, innate, embedded nature of all existing things, whether they existed trillions of years ago or billions of years in future, that nature can never change. Therefore, Dhamma is akalika, unaffected by time. Impermanence is impermanence, impermanent of so and so, such and such was impermanent in the past, now and future. Then that which is impermanent is unsatisfactory. It can never give us permanent satisfaction. Never. Don't ask any question whether such and such thing would give us satisfaction although it is impermanent. Don't ask because there is no such thing. If something is impermanent, necessarily that particular thing is unsatisfactory. That never changes. The third 
of course is most difficult for many people to understand, whether Buddhist or non-Buddhist, is that which is impermanent, unsatisfactory, does not have permanent self, soul. That is true in the past, true now, will be true in future. And that also doesn't change. And this is the nature of Dhamma. Then, the law of cause and effect. Buddha does not talk about law of, or law of cause and effect of, uh, in, in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of uh, physics. Uh, of course, that is, uh, that knowledge, that uh, realization is mundane. Physics and physical things are mundane. And uh, uh, the law of uh, uh, cause and effect of uh, physical things is included in the mundane knowledge, mundane dhamma. Uh, when Buddha talked about cause and if uh, law of cause and effect, he meant the 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 cause of uh, law of cause and effect of what happens consciously, what we do intentionally. Uh, that is what is called uh, a karma. The other aspect included, that means mundane, physical aspect included. But what is not included in physical aspect is something very different that Buddha taught. That is, uh, the cause and effect of con conscious, intentional uh, events also does not change. Then, that is called Hetupala Dhamma. Hetupala Dhamma. That is what is explained in uh, Paticca Samupada, starting with uh, avijja, pacca, sankhara and so forth. That means ignorance. For, for, for just for an example I, I try to mention the first factor of the uh, law of uh, cause and effect. A first uh, pair. The first pair uh, says Dependent on ignorance, volitional activities arise. Volitional activities, dependent on ignorance. Volitional activities means uh, what we call karma, whether wholesome, unwholesome, or neutral. Karma is dependent entirely upon ignorance. If ignorance does not exist, volitional, wholesome or unwholesome activities will never be occurred. No one will commit volitional, wholesome or unwholesome activities if ignorance is not present at all. That means when, one, when, an, uh, when somebody attains enlightenment, after attainment of enlightenment, whatever that person commits does not amount to uh, karma or volitional uh, formation which can produce result. What that individual commits is considered to be pure functional activity. In order just to function, that individual commit things, but not to prolong the existence in samsara. Uh, that is a, another aspect of the Dhamma which takes many, many days and hours to explain. Then the second, uh, the other part of Dhamma is jhanic attainment. Jhanic attainment is also gradual. One cannot jump from uh, first jhana to eighth jhana. No promotion, no double promotion. 
one has to go step by step. No matter, some people may do it very much faster than others. That's a different thing. But the person has to go step by step. And that will never change. Uh, then, attainment of uh, higher stages of enlightenment also is gradual. For instance, as I mentioned earlier, when one attains the first stage of sainthood, he cannot uh, skip the other two stages and jump to the fourth. That individual, male or female, must go through the, the natural procedure of attainment of enlightenment. That also is nature of Dhamma. Then, uh, therefore, as this gentleman asked this morning, when one attains the first stage of sainthood, um, uh, that individual's lingering in sansara limits by the Dhamma, by the nature, only to seven lifetimes. That cannot be changed, but he can change, he, he can shorten the length of existence in samsara by attaining enlightenment in that life itself, without having any more rebirth at all. Then the next aspect of the Dhamma is Ehipasika. I explain uh, first part, Swakata, well taught, the Dhamma was well taught by the Buddha. Uh, Sanditika, that Dhamma should be seen, experienced by oneself in this life itself. Akalika, uh, the Dhamma being unaffected by time. Then the fourth is Ehipasika. Ehipasika means uh, inviting to come and see. Inviting to come and see. Not come and accept, or come and believe, or come and follow. No. Come and see. Who invites? Who is the authority to invite somebody to come and see the Dhamma? Dhamma itself. Dhamma itself invites us to come and see. Come to turn with the Dhamma. Come to know the Dhamma. To see the Dhamma. Without coming to know the Dhamma, you cannot see the Dhamma. Therefore, the term come and see means you first must understand it. Must understand. Read, learn, discuss, listen, uh, and uh, do research, investigate, do whatever you can to understand the Dhamma. And then see for yourself. And Dhamma by its very nature, invites us to come to turn with the Dhamma, come to understand it, to see the Dhamma. That is the nature of Dhamma. And that is the fourth aspect of the attribute of the Dhamma that Buddha taught. Uh, and purely because of this reason, uh, Buddha spent many, many uh, sermons um, explaining to people uh, like, uh, you know, Kalam Sutta, uh, Chanki Sutta, uh, Alagadupama Sutta, and so forth, many sutras. He said, don't accept anything mere hearsay, by tradition, by since it is in the books and because the teacher appears to be honest person and uh, logic, uh, reasoning uh, and uh, changing of way of thinking and so forth, by none of these things. But he said, uh, only when you know that 
this is harmful to me this is harmful to others this is harmful to both me and others avoid it and this is good to me good to others good to both follow it that means when you realize for yourself you follow it to do that you got to investigate in fact the investigation of the dhamma is one of the seven factors of enlightenment if you may remember there are seven factors for the attainment of enlightenment one of them number 2 number 1 of course is mindfulness number 2 is uh, investigating into the dhamma doing research questioning reading discussing listening and so forth uh i think uh, i seem to have over stepped my time limit i said i would uh, speak for 45 minutes and I'll allow you to ask me questions i have not my uh, dhamma uh, explaining the dhamma six factors of dhamma i will very briefly touch upon the other two aspects and then love you to ask me questions fifth is uh, openaika openaika means um, is also a very beautiful pali term uh, leading onwards once we undertake the dhamma it leads us towards certain goal of course as we all know goal of uh, Uh, following dhamma is nothing but liberating ourselves from pain and suffering attaining enlightenment uh, last is uh, sixth pachattam veta bovinyohi pachattam veta bovinyohi means uh, every wise individual should realize the dhamma by himself individually i cannot realize dhamma for you you have to realize it like cannot like uh, i cannot eat for you you have to eat i cannot taste anything for you you have to taste uh, and that tasting that realizing is uh, possible more possible more easy for a wise person <coughs> and therefore buddha said uh, among uh, eight uh, mahapurusha vitakka mahapurusha vitakka means uh, the thought of great beings there are eight thought of great beings one of them is panyavanta sayan dhammo nayan dhammo dukpanyasa this dhamma is for the wise not for the unwise uh so pachattam vedabhu vinyohi means the dhamma should be realized by the wise individually by themselves for themselves no other way that means this is why buddha said uh, in my <coughs> opening talk this morning i mentioned एक पुग्गलोलोके उपजमानो उपजित बहुजनहिताय बहुजनसुखाय बहुनोजना सत्ताहिताय सुखाय देय मनुष्यानं वन इंडिविजुअल अराइजेस इन दिस वर्ल्ड फॉर द बेनिफिट ऑफ मेनी एंड ही डिड नॉट से फॉर द बेनिफिट ऑफ एवरीबॉडी बिकॉज़ अमंग होल लॉट ऑफ मल्टीट्यूड होल लॉट ऑफ पीपल देयर आर मेनी वाइज पीपल वाइज वंस हु विल रियलाइज द धम्म and for their benefit a buddha rise in the world therefore those who are uh, not wise not open their eyes i mean wisdom eyes wiping out the dust of their ignorance uh, only those can attain and understand the dhamma others who have not uh, uh attempted to open their wisdom eye 
may not understand the Dhamma. Now, with this, <laughs> I pause for a few minutes for you to ask questions, and then uh, uh, we have a break, and then we start the next topic. In fact, uh, this uh, program is so cramped, we originally planned to have it for one week, but uh, for poor response at the beginning, uh, uh, the organizers uh, decided to cram it to this weekend. <laughs> and therefore, I tried to condense everything to such a uh, short time. Uh, perhaps uh, we can spend a few minutes asking, answering questions. <laughs> 